Welcome to another edition of the official Jets podcast powered by Amazon Web Services. We have a new series starting called the Draft Pick Profile series presented by Verizon, where EA and myself were breaking down each draft pick, talking about how they can fit in with the Jets. You're going to hear from Joe Douglas and his staff. You're going to hear from players or different people that have coached the draft pick, or you're going to hear from the draft pick himself. And EA, let's start at the top with Makai Becton, the Jets' first round selection, Joe Douglas's first selection as GM of the New York Jets, and they take him at the 11th overall spot. And when you look at where and how the board fell out, they had their option at tackle if they decided to go that way, and they had every receiver available, but they end up going with the big man. Agrees really quick. Do we have to give ourselves a little bit of credit here on the official Jets podcast? Remember, leading up to the draft, we had a mock draft, and yourself, Anthony Becht, and yours truly, we all selected Louisville tackle Makai Becton. Yeah, I think we do. I think we do need to give ourselves a little credit here. That's a good point. So, yeah, getting to your question, for Joe Douglas and company, like you mentioned, Greens, every receiver still on the board if you want to go, if you wanted to go in that direction. But at the tackle position, Tristan Wurst from Iowa was still there. And of course, Makai Becton. Joe Douglas, his personnel staff, and uh, most of Jets Nation very uh, pumped up with how the board worked out on draft night, and then the Jets followed suit with taking Makai Becton. Yeah, the Jets really had their options, and I think if you were a Jets fan, this is exactly how you wanted the board to play out because it felt like if Joe Douglas and company wanted to take a tackle that they deemed worthy of the 11th pick, and they did, then you have your option there. And if not, maybe you go towards a receiver. And of course, when the Jets selected at 11, no receivers were taken. And to your point, Ruggs, Judy, and Lamb came off the board in that 12 to 17 range. And, you know, I think that if you're a Jets fan, you have to be excited about this move. And we're going to dive into Mekhi Becton, the player, in a bit here. But this board fell out in a favorable way for the Jets. And, you know, before you and I, dive into Mekhi Becton and his past at Louisville and growing up in Highland Springs, Virginia, which is a suburb of Richmond. Let's hear from Joe Douglas, Chad Alexander, and Phil Savage, who are, of course, all parts of this Jets scouting staff, and hear what they had to say about the 6'7", 364-pound monster. You know, the thing that jumps out when you first watch Mekhi on tape is it's like a giant among boys out there on the field. I mean, his sheer size just jumps out and then you see him move and you see how easy he can slide, how he can mirror uh, defenders. And then his heavy hands, his ability to lift people off their feet and just move people with these. That's there's, there's a lot of unusual traits uh, to this young man's game. There's times it it doesn't even look like he's hitting someone hard and and guys guys are flying off their feet. I mean, so you're getting just a very naturally powerful young man who can, we hope, clear a lot of pass at the point of attack in the run game. And I think he's going to come in and he's going to compete. And and at the end of the day, we're going to have our our best five out there. I think once we get him here, get him in the program, you know, and see where he fits fits best along with the the unit that we have and with coach Frank and Dow and and Adam, you know, I think that's going to be a uh, a decision that I'll leave to them. I think we feel good about where we are up front. I've always said from the beginning, 
this game is one of the loss in the trenches. You, you, you have to have a good offensive defensive line and you have to have a quarterback and you have to keep that quarterback upright on his feet. We're very, uh, we're very excited about this addition. It looked like uh, he's a guy that, that's really gotten better every year. He came in, he was a freshman All-American, but I mean, this is just a massive kid. You know, he's, he's just really such a smooth athlete. He's got clean feet. There's really not much that he's lacking. He's got outstanding length. His punch and pass pro is outstanding, and he's, he's just a powerful guy. And I think the term freak of nature gets thrown out there a lot, you know, when referencing Makai, but it's just uncommon for someone that size to move that well. And the other side of it, he's a hard worker. You know, he's a finisher. He plays with nasty. It's an attitude, you know, to play with that demeanor. Uh, really goes a long way for, for helping the offense and helping the team as a whole. I love the fact that he's got a lot of upside and potential to be, you know, really something special. Other part of it is, is he's a great kid. And uh, we're just really excited to be able to, to work with a player like that. We were excited to, to draft him at 11. And uh, like Joe D said, he's going to be a really good player for us for a long time. Barely scratching the surface. You know, I had the good fortune of being with the Ravens a long time ago. And we drafted Jonathan Ogden in, in 1996. And then, of course, I was at the Browns when we took Joe Thomas in 2007. And we talked about those kind of comparisons. And, you know, Jonathan Ogden uh, was an Olympic-level shot putter when he came out of UCLA. And he had traveled, He had come from Washington, D.C. and gone all the way to UCLA. So, you know, he, there was a level of advancement with him that was really unique. But Makai Becton is a bigger man. Makai Becton's 6'7", 360 pounds, and he's got the same kind of foot agility. He's not quite the same fluid athlete, but in terms of making the comparison with J.O. and then Joe Thomas, I mean, Joe Thomas would dream to be as big as Makai Becton. However, Joe was a technician, and he was another person that was very advanced in terms of the techniques and the fundamentals, and he devoted himself to the game. So if we can get the same kind of dedication to his craft that J.O. and Joe Thomas had, Makai Becton, we think, has an unbelievable future uh, with the New York Jets. EA, what really stands out to me about Makai Becton after hearing those three guys talk about him, it's something that Phil Savage said, that they had discussed a similarity or how you could basically anchor your O-line with Becton, similar to the way that Jonathan Ogden was for the Ravens and Joe Thomas was for the Browns. I mean, you heard Phil Savage. He said, Joe Thomas could dream of being as big as Mekhi Becton. And Joe Thomas, of course, is a future Hall of Famer. And they're different players, no doubt. But I think it all comes down to the upside with Mekhi Becton and just how nimble he is at the size he is is really rare. Uh, no comparisons and uh, no projections coming from us because uh, this is a young guy who's got plenty to learn on the National Football League level. But, yeah, the Jets fell in love with him. 6'7", 364 pounds, greens, 7-foot wingspan. You mentioned his feet. Uh, He had a basketball background. This guy was an accomplished basketball player in high school growing up in Virginia. And then that combine time, 5.10 seconds in a 40-yard dash, greens, you know, when I was in my 20s, I thought I was in decent shape. There was nowhere, I was not running anywhere close to a 5.10 
time. Like, this is very rare, his athleticism. Um, That was unofficially the fastest 40-yard time by an athlete weighing in at 350-plus pounds at the Combine since 1987. His hand size is 10 and three-fourths, and his arms measure, what, 35 and Uh, Mm -hmm. five-eighths? His wingspan is 83 and a quarter. (laughs) <laughs> the numbers are dazzling. Uh, it, it is somewhat staggering, but what they loved too was obviously number one was what they saw on tape. And they saw a guy who brought edge and nastiness. That's what Adam Gase wants up front from his offensive line. And then he becomes Greens historically the first tackle taken by the Jets in the first round since 2006. And I'll tell you what. This organization had a good run with that player. That was DeBrickashaw Ferguson. And when you take care of a tackle position, whether you play left or right, and I know the last, what, 21 starts at Louisville, Makai Becton played on the left side. That's a a big-time move for your offensive line. He is going to play immediately. We'll get into it uh, down the line here on the pod, and we'll talk about how he fits in. But... Um, you know, he's got experience on uh, both sides. And uh, yeah, his athleticism, his athleticism, his edge, his natural physical tools, and then the way he can move for a big man, it's just uncommon. To your point, he started 21 games on the left side at Louisville, started 12 on the right side. And something that you had talked about with Joe Douglas is that Makai Becton earlier in his career was switching sides of the offensive line any given play. That's what Joe Douglas said. And then this past season, he's anchored on the left side. He's a second-team All-American. He's the 2019 Jacobs Blocking Trophy Award winner of the ACC, which goes to the top O-lineman in the conference. He's first-team All-ACC. And Joe Douglas said he used the word blossomed, and that's how he described Makai Becton on the left side in 2019 because he didn't have to go from the left side to the right side. And I think where we talk about Makai Becton having untapped potential and the fact that he's really only played one full season at left tackle and had the season that he had is staggering, not to mention at the pro level, he might not be the most technically sound player from the get, but I would imagine that being the size that he is, is going to help him at least mask some of those problems. I know Adam Gase said more so in the run game than in the pass game, but I think if you're a Jets fan, you really have to be excited about what Makai Brechton brings to the table. 33 starts in 35 games at Louisville. Uh, He did fail a drug test at the Combine Greens, but Joe Douglas was open about that. He had a one-on-one with Becton Wednesday night. So imagine getting that call if you're that prospect on the eve of the draft and the GM of the New York Jets is talking to you heart to heart. So that Joe and his staff, very thorough examination throughout the pre-draft process. But the hours leading up to the draft, that tells you where Joe was at is, hey, I'm going to call this guy one more time. What is in his heart? What is in his mind right now? And obviously, he got the answer that he wanted, and he made him a New York Jet. And uh, I, I love the way Makai Becton answered questions on Thursday night. Yeah, big guy, a lot of love, but 
he was focused greens. He said, I just want to get to work. Let's get to work. You know, I think the thing that stands out most from what Joe Douglas said was he told you this in your one-on-one after Thursday night of the draft. He said, sometimes when Kai Becton hits people and he doesn't even look like he's hitting them hard and they go flying. Like that just speaks to the strength that Makai Becton has. And just one quick note between Makai Becton and Joe Douglas, they're both Virginia guys, they're both Richmond guys. Mm-hmm. So they obviously have that connection there. And before we hear from the big man himself, I just want to bring this back to his basketball prowess, being Makai's basketball prowess. I mean, head coach, former head coach of Louisville, Bobby Petrino said that they knew they wanted to offer him a scholarship when he was doing a reverse dunk in high school. I mean, I can't even imagine standing next to a guy of this size because we've never met him face to face, but imagine being a high school kid and seeing this guy, a man of that size, throwing down reverse dunks. I mean, that must've been sickening to see. Would you want to take a charge from that guy? Yeah, uh, no. Honestly, honestly, I think he'd jump over me. If I took a charge and he was going up to dunk, I think he cleared me. I'd love to play oops with them. We could take him down to Madison Greens and we'll play threes with somebody. (laughs) But no, but seriously, the heavy hands got heavy hands, and he dwarfs over people. He finishes. He he loves the game. He saw the passion in his play, And, and the film says this guy was a much better player in 2019 than he was uh, 2018. And how about assistant GM Rex Hogan? He moves people like furniture. And yeah, just to think about him playing basketball would have been something else. Yeah. What's crazy is that he was a three-star recruit head of high school. He was the 43rd offensive tackle rated in 2017. And, you know, he, he rose to where, He became the 11th overall selection, which, you know, goes to how much he dedicated to himself. And, you know, it was reported that he was like 390 and now he's like some ridiculous percentage of body fat because he's so strong. And his mom's a caterer, right, Greens? Yeah. Yeah. Makai Becton, you know, I I would imagine likes to eat food and (laughs) as he said, I mean, let me just read you some of his choices to go to school. Louisville, Michigan, Oregon. Virginia, where, of course, DeBrickishaw Ferguson mm-hmm. went, Virginia Tech, and he he ends up going to Louisville because he was friends with uh, Jerron Christian, who was the third-round pick of the car, of the Redskins, excuse me, in 2018, and that's what led him to the Louisville dude, Cardinals. That's a, dude, Greens, that, <laughs> that's such a great point, is that you just mentioned Michigan. Here's something for you. Every one of Michigan's starting line – Every member of their starting line in 2019, they just got drafted. Can you imagine Makai Becton at Michigan? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I would imagine that Makai Becton in a snow game would absolutely destroy people because that would be right up his alley. So maybe coming soon to MetLife, a little snow game with Becton paving the way for Le'Veon Bell. But, you know, w- without further ado, I think it's time that we hear from the big man himself. Here's Makai Becton one-on-one with EA. Makai Beckton, what was your reaction when you got the call from the Jets? Man, it was it was crazy when I got the call because we were waiting and we were just waiting and waiting. And then when I finally heard my phone ring, I'm talking about the whole room was just yelling. I'm just like, you guys got to be quiet. I got I to gotta hear what they got to say. And then <laughs> I, I finally got to be quiet and then I finally heard what they had to say. And then we all just burst into tears. 
how intense was that moment when you were talking to Jets personnel shortly after you were drafted? It was it was really intense. It was really intense. It was I, I kept telling them I'm ready. Honestly, that's all I kept telling them. I can't wait. I'm ready. So take me through the emotions of the night, Makai, because were you upset early? Because a lot of people thought you might be a top 10 pick. And then did that change as soon as you heard your name called? I was, I'm not gonna lie, I was upset. I was I was really upset. I mean, I was I was pissed, honestly. And then once I finally heard my name called, I just all that went out the window. I don't even care anymore. I just I just can't wait to get back. I just can't wait to get to the Jets, honestly. What can you tell me about the bond you have already established with Jets GM Joe Douglas? Nah, it's, that's my guy, honestly, you know, because me and him are from Richmond, so we two Richmond boys, so we know we know we we're gonna have that connection automatically. So he was like the other day when we were talking, he was naming streets that I know. So I'm just like, yo, like I know that street. So it was it was just great talking to him. You know, he was an offensive tackle himself at Richmond. Yeah. So did you guys talk shop? Yeah, we we talked that. We talked about that too because I had told him about a story what happened to me my freshman year. He said the same thing happened to him his freshman year. So you know, we we connect honestly. Hey, what happened last year as far as where did you make your most significant strides? Because you were a different player in 2019 than 2018, don't you think? Yeah, I was. I was. I would say I would say the coaching change, honestly, because Dwayne Leffert, he came in and told me, like, the things I was doing my sophomore year were not correct at all. And he just cleaned the whole – he raced the whole board and just said, this is what we're going to do. And then from, day, from that day on, I just took his word and ran with it. Do you think you got better as a technician last year? Definitely. Definitely. I think I did. So let me ask you, you played both right tackle and left tackle at Louisville. Most recently, left tackle. Do you prefer a side? No, it doesn't really matter which side. Wherever they want me at, honestly, I'm ready. How would you say you are as a player if you're watching your cutups? Um, clearly the most dominant guy on the field. And what kind of edge do you bring to the game as well? I bring a, a strong edge. I'm, I always play with a chip on my shoulder. I promise you, I'm a, I'm a, this chip going to stay on my shoulder. It's not going anywhere. I'm going to keep playing like I never got it. Are there guys when you were growing up that you tried to model your game after? Yeah. Tyran Smith was one of those guys. Uh, Joe Thomas, Jonathan Ogden, Orlando Pace. Just all those legends, honestly. As you embark on your NFL career, is that something you want to be yourself? You want to follow in those footsteps and become a legendary player in your own right? Definitely. I would, I would love to have my name in that same sentence as those greats. What do you think about joining a Jets offense that has a young quarterback in Sam Darnold who's just 22 years old? And one of the most productive backs uh, over the last 20 years in the National Football League in Le'Veon Bell. I'm, I'm ready. I feel like we're going to cook some things up. We're going to shock the world. We talked about your edge, your nastiness. Uh, what about your athleticism? And what happened at the Indianapolis Combine? Because I believe your time in the 40 was, what, 5.1 seconds? Yeah, 5.1. I've always been an athlete. I've always been athletic for my size. People don't expect me to move as well as I do or 
just do the things I can do. So I've always been like this growing up. And after you ran the 5.1 in Indianapolis, you said you had a conversation with Jets offensive line coach, Frank Pollard. What was shared during that time? Uh, he was just, he pretty much asked me how was my hamstring doing. He was just pretty much telling me like, just make sure I get ready and stay ready and make sure I get it healthy. You had a failed test at the combine. What did you talk to Joe Douglas about maybe in the lead up to the draft to say, hey, listen, uh, I'm going to be good. I'm coming in here. I'm going to be focused. I'm going to be the player you need me to be. Um, the talk that the, actually the talk that we had the other day it was it was about that. He was just calling me and was trying to figure out what had happened. He said he wanted to see my face when I told him, and I guess that call went well. Six seven, three hundred sixty four pounds. You just said before you're about three sixty three right now. What weight would you like to play at? Three fifty five. Three fifty five, three fifty in that range. 355, blessed with great footwork. How about your basketball background? How has that helped you in your football career? It helped me a lot with my footwork and pass pro. Uh, I can I can recover quickly because of my feet. So I feel like basketball helped me a lot. Makai, just a, a memorable night for you. No doubt about that. Lastly, I just wanted to ask you, do you have a message for your new fans? That is Jets Nation. You guys be ready. I'm coming to work. Just know that. I'm ready. Just know I'm ready. Y'all don't have to worry about nothing. I'm ready. Just know I'm ready. And as a guy who's never been to New York before, how excited are you to get up here? Because I remember watching you at the combine and you said, I like New York's toughness and I like the griminess. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait to get to New York. I can't wait. Makai, we appreciate your time. Congratulations. And we'll see you up here soon. Thank you. Let's now take a look at how and where Makai Becton fits in on this Jets offensive line. We talked about that he's played both the left side and the right side. This 2020 offensive line is going to look much different than it did in 2019. And when you think about who the Jets brought in at tackle, there's only one other guy in free agency. That's George Fant, who also has experience on both sides of the line. And I think Joe Douglas said it best. Let your best five ride, and we'll battle it out until that point. Yeah, that's what the Jets are going to definitely do. And Douglas is going to repeat that throughout the offseason. Our top five will play. But offensive line-wise now, we know that Mekhi Becton's a tackle. He's not playing inside. Uh, he has the position flex that, we, that we've discussed, that he can play right side or left side. And speaking of flexibility, now the Fant signing comes into focus even more, Greens, because there's a guy who played right tackle and left tackle with the Seattle Seahawks. So, yes, like Brian Baldinger will tell you, hey, you bring a Makai Becton in, you put him at left side, and you rock and roll, and you blow the whistle, and you're good. But let's see what happens because you could potentially use him at the right side. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm saying you have options there. But now the tackle position is starting to come into focus with Fant, Chuma Doga was a third-round pick last year. We got valuable playing time. Uh, Connor McDermott uh, still in the equation. And then they added Cam Clark out of Charlotte in the fourth round as well. So you got more numbers than you did heading into the draft. And now you have a foundational pillar 
in Makai back then. You're hoping this guy becomes a fixture up front for years. That was the first edition of the Draft Pick Profile Series presented by Verizon, the Makai Becton edition. EA and I will continue to break down each and every of the Jets' 2020 draft class. And next up, Denzel Mims out of Baylor. Baylor. 